Logan looked at Wren with concern. When Wren didn't answer, he turned to Pete. Is he usually this annoying? Yes, Pete said. He stepped up to Wren and snapped his fingers in front of the young man's face. Hey, wizard boy, snap out of it. Wren blinked and fixed his gaze on Pete. You should be dead. Yeah, pity about that. Now, why don't you... You should both be dead, Wren said, casting his eyes over Logan, as if Pete hadn't spoken. I cannot permit you to live, knowing what you are. You were never meant to gain this self-knowledge. Wren, Pete said. I don't think that's Wren any longer, Logan said, as the air about them suddenly chilled. Wren, or whoever it was, had dropped the warming shield. Delphine! Pete's breath frosted as he asked the question, afraid he already knew the answer. This was what Wren had feared. He wasn't skilled enough to hold back the memories he carried. Pete shivered, and not entirely because of the cold. I was prepared to let you live ordinary lives, Wren said, although it was clear the words were not his. This was Delphine, just before she died before Wren killed her. The Delphine who was able to justify the murder of two men she had raised as her own sons. But you just couldn't help poking your nose in where it wasn't needed, could you? I told you I was safe. You should have left it at that. With the preternatural instincts of identical twins, Pete knew that if he could distract Wren long enough, Logan would be able to get around behind him. Pete didn't know what it would take to shake Delphine loose from Wren's mind, but he was pretty sure that neither he nor Logan understood their newfound magical abilities, enough to counter someone as powerful as Wren, souped up as he was with Delphine's centuries of knowledge about how to use that power. Who'd have thought some mundane little terrorist attack that had nothing to do with the Matraki would interfere with your plans to ruin the world. Wren raised his hand, and Pete started to choke, as if his windpipe was being crushed by an invisible hand. How dare you mock me, after all I've done for you. And for your information, the Matraki has much bigger plans than just ruling one world. Pete couldn't breathe. He collapsed to his knees, wondering where Logan was, He didn't have much time, he knew, before the memories of Delphine that were possessing Wren crushed the very life out of him. Wren, he gasped with his last breath, appealing to the young man who owned this power crushing the life from him. Surely Wren could fight back. He wouldn't have surrendered willingly. And Logan? Where was Logan? In answer to his question, he saw his brother fly past him, and land heavily against the bowl of a dead, snow-covered palm tree. Pete couldn't tell if he was unconscious or dead. He just knew there'd be no help coming from that direction. If he was going to survive this, he needed to get Wren back. But he was already starting to black out. Desperately, he groped around on the snow-covered ground until his hands closed over the closest thing he had to a weapon— The rock he found was rough and cold. Pete scooped it up and smashed it down onto Wren's foot, the only part of him he could still focus on.
Wren cried out in pain, and the pressure eased on Pete's throat. He staggered to his feet and lurched at Wren, driving his fist into his solar plexus with the full weight of his body behind him. They crashed to the ground. Pete landed on top of Wren and raised the rock, ready to crush Wren's skull, if that's what it was going to take to shake Delphine loose from his mind. No, Pete, it's me. Pete hesitated, the rock still raised above his head. He sat astride Wren, who was staring up at him with genuine fear. The arrogance of Delphine was gone. How do I know it's you? Delphine wouldn't be talking to you. She'd go back to killing you. Cautiously, Pete lowered the rock. Are you sure she's gone? Wren nodded. What happened? I did as you asked, Pete. I tried to access her memories. Next thing I know, I was Delphine.